0: Hi, this is Taylor Stuber and this is Sean Smithgall. We are both clinical pharmacists, faculty members, and your hosts for The Postgraduate Pharmacist. Welcome back, Sasso Squad, and any new listeners, to another episode of The Postgraduate Pharmacist, where
1: we're all about helping you separate and stand out as you prepare for postgraduate training. From current events to expert advice, we bring you up to date content every other Monday related to postgraduate training. Join the Sasso squad today and follow
0: us on Twitter at PG Pharmacist or Instagram and LinkedIn at the
1: Postgraduate Pharmacist. And check out our website at postgraduatepharmacist.com where you can get all of our latest content. If you love the show and want to support
0: what we're doing, check out ways to spread the word on our website or buy us a cup of coffee. We could always use the caffeine. Taylor, today is special. This is the first time one of our SASO squad has reached out with a special
1: request for an episode. And ask and you shall receive. We love it when you all let us know what you want to learn more about. And as you all probably are aware from reading the title, this episode is all about PPS or Personnel Placement Service hosted by ASHP at the Mid-Year Clinical Meeting.
0: And shout out to Dr. Caitlin Phillips for giving us such a timely topic to talk about.
1: And reflecting back on this, Sean, you know, it's been about seven years since we last did PPS. It (laughs) it certainly feels like yesterday, but I think you're right. It's been about seven years. So we all know you and I wouldn't do this topic any justice, just rocking it solo. So we're fortunate enough to have the experts of PPS to help us unravel this topic today. Big welcome and shout out to our guests, Brad Pearson, Senior Director at Career Farm with ASHP, the machine that makes PPS and the residency showcase possible, and Dr. Jesse Hippol Rosario, the student forum director at ASHP. Brad and Jesse, welcome to the Postgraduate Pharmacist.
2: Thanks for having us. I am excited to take the opportunity to educate everyone on PPS and hopefully provide
0: some new insights that will be useful this year and, and moving forward.
3: Yes, I'm excited to be here. Thank you for having me.
0: It's great having you both on the podcast to talk about PPS from the business perspective, as well as the candidate perspective. We like our Sasso squad to get to know our guests a little more. It's kind of like the thing we do on our podcast. So what brought you both to where you are now? with PPS, and and what's your role specifically to PPS?
3: Yeah, thanks for having us today. I am a Director of Member Relations here at ASHP, and I also work with the ASHP Pharmacy Student Forum. So one of my primary goals in that role is the creation of vital resources and tools to help ASHP student members prepare for successful careers in hospital and health system practice, which of course would include preparation for PPS as well as the residency showcase at Midyear.
2: I've been at ASHP for 10 years actually next week will be my 10 year anniversary oh congrats, congrats. <laughs> thank you right before mid-year was a was an interesting time to start but it was a. <laughs> <laughs> luckily i know a lot more at this point after 10 years so i started when i with ashp i started doing career farms online suite of products and pps and then about five years in i added residency showcase we have a team of two that kind of manages all that stuff my background personally is in business marketing i'm not a pharmacist. So I don't really have that perspective, but I can definitely talk about everything else uh, PPS wise. My background before that was in associations. I worked association management for about 17 years. Now PPS specifically, my role is to oversee the whole production. I work with other departments, but primarily it's my area. I manage a two person team. The other gentleman does sales and customer service primarily. I plan to build and execute the website, the floor plan, everything in between there. I work with customers and vendors, employers, candidates. So basically everything PPS-related and Residency Showcase-related falls under me. I'm happy to be here, and hopefully I can shed some light onto
1: PPS today. Well, we're very excited to have you both and have both your perspectives for this episode. So PPS technically started on September 7th with registration, but the big event is quickly approaching and will start December 4th at the mid-year clinical meeting. So let's go ahead and start unpacking this. So our
0: first question for you all is, you know, what is PPS? How would you explain it to someone that has never seen it before?
2: So PPS is an in-person career fair in kind of its most basic form. It's a unique opportunity to connect with hundreds of institutions, hospitals, health systems, interviewing to hire all kinds of pharmacy positions, residents, industry fellows, full-time positions, and more. It's essentially a career fair broken into two parts. Now, starting September 7th and all the way up through the mid-year, we have an online system kind of driven by a job board where employers that have booths on site and candidates looking for any sort of position can connect. And then they spend this time planning out their interviews and scheduling their interviews. And then on site, it's a giant open, not open, it's a, you have to have a pass to get in, but it's a giant exhibit hall kind of form where you find the booth where your interview is at the time and you go there and you conduct your interview. So really right now it's all planning. And then when you get on site, it's face to face interviews from Sunday to Wednesday. Some people have dozens and dozens of interviews. Some people just have a few that they really are interested in, but you have an opportunity for four straight days
0: to interview in person. And you mentioned that you have to show something to get into it. So there's that not just anybody's going to be walking through the the place and going by these booths.
2: Yeah, if you sign up for PPS online, you will get a credential printed on your mid-year badge. So you have to be signed up for mid-year as well. But that gets you. And we, we never really wanted it to be a, an open, just where everyone can jump in and do it. We want to be a little more exclusive. So
0: Yeah, I got to be honest, Taylor. I appreciated that when when I went the first time and they were kind of like, Checking that when you walk through, I was like, oh, this is neat. This isn't for everybody. Felt selective. (laughs) Yeah, you
1: are very selective. (laughs) (laughs) So obviously our listeners are primarily student pharmacists, but we also have some graduate pharmacists, PGY ones, PGY twos, maybe even some that are in their career. So what are the benefits of PPS for each of those groups? Maybe to start with student pharmacists, why they might decide to participate in PPS. And then going on from there to PGY-1, PGY-2, and thereafter.
3: Yeah, so some of the benefits of participating in PPS is, as we mentioned, uh, PPS is pharmacy's largest in-person job fair. And so there's a lot of u- unique opportunities as a student or a PGRI-1 resident or a current practitioner, even you have the opportunity to schedule interviews for over a thousand positions this year. We have over 310 pharmacy industry fellowships represented. We have over 250 full-time pharmacy positions available to interview for. And I know that those range from entry level to director level. So really there's something there for everyone. And we have over 430 residencies participating in PPS, including over 350 or around 350 PGI-2 programs as well. So if you're a PGI-1 resident and you're interested in interviewing for PGI-2's PPS, is definitely something for you to look into. If you're a student looking for a postgraduate training program or are looking to get straight into practice, PPS could be a great option for you to consider.
0: How should someone sign up for PPS from a student or Candidate perspective? What can they expect when they're signing up for PPS?
2: Well, they could sign up on if you go onto the midyear website on ashp.org, the direct link is midyear.ashp.org. Under PPS, there's a PPS candidate drop down. It tells you everything you need to know about PPS and has links to sign up. It has links for tips and tricks. It has some explanations on what PPS is. There's a lot of really good resources on there. And then it takes you to the PPS kind of portal where everything is done. You log in with your ASHP sign-in, and then you register for PPS. There's a nominal fee, and then you can get into all the job boards and job postings to start interacting directly with employers. What can they expect? Once you're in there, the first thing you can do is build your resume, build your CV. You have an online profile where you upload your actual CV, but you can also kind of build, fill out fields to tell everyone more about you. And when employers are connecting with you, they'll see all that information. First thing you'll do is look at the job board and sort it by what you're looking for. It could be a residency, it could be a PGY1, it could be a full-time position, it could be fellowship, and then you can kind of see a list of everything. There's more fields. You can sort by location, You can all, all that kind of stuff. It's a really user-friendly platform. So you go in there, you look at all the listings, you see what you're interested in, you apply, request an interview, that kind of pings the employer and it's up to them to schedule you. And then they'll add it to your schedule. You'll get a notice. And once they connect with you, you can start messaging back and forth. And then, so by the time you get to the mid-year, the, I, the goal is to have all your interviews pre-scheduled. You come on site, you find the PPS hall, you get to your interview a few minutes early, you meet the person you're interviewing with and kind of take it from there. And then it becomes just like any other person in-person interview. You can be interviewing with 10 different organizations from around the country. And instead of flying everywhere, you just go booth to booth and walk around the hall. That's the greatest benefit of it. So
0: I love how you threw in there too. You get to your interview a few minutes early. I think that's a key aspect because it is a large hall in which this is taking place. Aren't there maps like available that show you like where the booths are ahead of time? So you can pre-plan it out, but you still, first time going there, you still want to arrive with enough time. To kind of walk around and you can get in to the, as long as you've signed up for PPS, you can yes. get in, not necessarily on day of interview, right? So you could go ahead of time and just kind of walk around and kind of see the layout, right? That's a great point. 7 7.30 to 5.00 from
2: Sunday to Wednesday, PPS is open, so you know, if you have a few minutes or a break that you can get to PPS, you're right. It's a good chance to walk around. It is a large hall. And on top of that, Las Vegas is a large convention center. So plan your time accordingly. But even back-to-back interviews could be risky inside of PPS because of the size of the hall.
0: Ooh, that was going to be my next question. <laughs> Do you all have a recommendation for how much time they should put in between just to be comfortable and transition? Yeah.
2: Interviews are typically scheduled in 30-minute slots. If you're from one end of the hall to the other, depending on your speed, it might take you five minutes to get five to 10 minutes. But you also have to consider that if a good interview is happening, you're not going to want to cut it off right on time too. So Mm -hmm. I would probably give a 30 minute gap between interviews if at all possible. Just one, you don't want to be like, I have to get to my next interview and cut off your interview. And also it might take you five or 10 minutes. And also personally, I like to, after an interview, if I was in their shoes, I would want to take five minutes to write notes down, kind of refresh, maybe get some water before the next interview. So.
1: Yeah. And then you can kind of have time to review the program that you're interviewing with before. So I like that. I'm going to kind of go a little off script because I think we've covered what the potential benefits are and kind of what it looks like. I think we're kind of painting that picture, but I often get questions from students. Do I need to sign up for PPS if I'm pursuing a residency? So how would you answer that question if a student asked you that?
3: Yeah, I think that's a great question. Some things that we recommend students consider is if they're looking at pj one residencies, is looking at the type of residency program that they're interested in, certain types of programs are more likely to use PPS or PGI-1 interviews. And so I, I know that, for example, if they're a PGI-1 and PGI-2 residency program where you're interviewing essentially for both, oftentimes they will elect to also participate in PPS in addition to the residency showcase just to allow for additional face time with potential applicants for the program. So it gives the applicants more face time with the program, but it also gives the program leadership and current residents additional time with potential applicants as well. So what we recommend is if you're interested in applying to a PGY-1 and PGY-2, like dual Residency Program, is to look at PPSC, what institutions are participating, and that can usually help you narrow down whether or not you want to participate in PPS.
2: Also, some of those programs might also be in residency showcase, but if you've ever been there, I'm sure you guys can can attest to it. You don't get as much interaction at the showcase as you would in like a PPS interview. Um, mm-hmm. So if you see a program you're interested in at PPS, you get way more from PPS than you would at the residency showcase tends to be a little bit hectic. The way I've been told, and you guys can can let me know because you've been through this, showcase is more for you to learn about the program whereas pps is more for the program to learn about you is that accurate
1: i think that's a good point and a good way to kind of shape it you definitely get a lot more individual time with multiple people at pps versus the showcase which like you said can be hectic so i think the kind of the key takeaway is look what kind of program that you're applying to and that you're interested in look up if they are doing PPS and then kind of make that decision from that point or talk to your mentor. We'll help guide you too.
2: And also just to quickly build on that as well, even if there's a program you're not sure about, if you have an opportunity to meet them face-to-face, like take it, even if you're not sure. Like you might, I'm sure tons of pharmacists will tell you that they weren't sure they wanted a PPS and the one that they were kind of just using as a practice interview, even they fell in love with. So you just never know.
0: Oh yeah. Brad, you direct quoted me there when you said the More for the candidate. That's like, that's verbatim what we we've said on this show before, okay. <laughs> just to try to, sell, cause students get so nervous about it. Yeah, They think it's like an interview and it's like, no, it's to help you, it's help you pare down those exactly. 25, 30 programs. So you're not having to pay to five to 25 and 30 and can kind of narrow that list from that face to face. Yep these are all great we've gotten some pro tips so far we've gotten some good stuff but we're we're gonna take a short break here and move to our trivia segment so we warned y'all beforehand that (laughs) that we were gonna ask you some good trivia questions i'm gonna let taylor start it off here with our our first trivia question for you all
1: brad this one is kind of more geared towards you i would say i saw that you were a university of maryland grad and that's where you got your degree in marketing so With the NCAA basketball season gearing back up, I just wanted to kind of remind you about the championship that they last won Mm -hmm. in 2002. Mm -hmm. It was a great team that year led by Gary Williams. So my question is, who did they beat in the NCAA championship game in the finals that year? And I'll give you mul- multiple Doug no, Taylor. I, I am a
2: season, Maryland season ticket <laughs> Oh, gosh. You know and this. And graduated the year that they won the national championship. So. Oh, no. so you
1: were probably there. <laughs> Perfect question. <laughs> so you
2: probably could tell me. We, were, we, yeah, we were there. It, um, it was debut in Indiana in the finals. Yes
1: okay that was that was too easy for you yes it was it was indeed i had good distractors too i was gonna like say kansas and yukon because they beat them on their path yeah, there so that's, that's funny. funny but that's awesome yeah it was a good team that you yeah know. That was
0: fun. good we're gonna have to bring you back Brad, for like the pro trivia round yeah <laughs> the, that one so Brad, we picked on you, Jesse, this one's more for you. And so we saw that you attended Lipscomb for pharmacy school in Nashville. My best friend, he went He went to Lipscomb too, Brad Cagle. I don't know if you know him by any means.
3: No, small world though.
0: But uh, my wife's actually born in Nashville. So we we love ourselves some Nashville trivia. Many are familiar with Nashville as the music city and all the history that comes with that, but Nashville is also the birthplace of a childhood carnival food favorite. So our question is, what is that food? And we'll give you multiple choice on this one. Uh, it Was it cotton candy, kettle corn, funnel cake, or caramel apples?
3: That's a good question. I'm going to go with funnel cake.
0: I'm going to say kettle corn. That seems like something that would have been put around that that, that area. Well, it's actually cotton candy. Oh, man. In
3: 1897,
0: John Wharton, candy maker, and William Morrison, the dentist, which that's a good pair for a, a sugary sweet. Yes. <laughs> so they created the what they were first referred to as candy floss, and it's been a childhood staple ever since. Oh, so it premiered God. at the World Fair in 1908. Wow. Yeah. A dentist invented that. Who, who would have thought? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Probably not a dentist for long after that. No. <laughs> or he's just trying to drum up some business. <laughs> Maybe it's a good thing. Go. Mm-hmm. Good distractors on that one. Yeah.
3: Yeah, that was a good question. I didn't
0: know that. <laughs> Back to the real questions. So when do candidates or Participants of PPS. When do they need to sign up by? So Taylor mentioned that registration opened up on September seventh, but is that generally the time frame from year to year of when it opens? And then, in relation to that, when should you when should candidates usually sign up for PPS?
2: Yeah, so t- early mid September is when registration opens. We typically give about three weeks or so from registration opening to when PPS online goes live, which means you can start seeing the jobs and, and connecting with employers. The reason we do that is we give both sides an opportunity to kind of build up their profile, post everything, you know, get it to where they want it to be. So once that goes live, it's all just kind of open. So at this point, there's no deadline to sign up per se. I've had people sign up on site. You know, they came and they saw a job they were interested in and just registered on site and would let them walk back there to talk to the employer. But the earlier you sign up, the more opportunities you have to apply for these positions Some of these programs and employers, some of their schedules get booked up. So the longer you wait, the the less opportunities you may have. So earlier the better, but there's not really a quote unquote deadline. But I would say if you're doing it within a few days before the meeting, it might be a little too late to get the interviews you really want. I'll say there's the benefit of the whole point of PPS is to have pre-scheduled interviews. If you have the credential on your badge, you can walk back into the PPS hall. It's not like an exhibit hall or showcase where... Everyone's going to be sitting there welcoming you to their booth, but you might see a representative for a program or an employer sitting there that you can chat with, even if you're not have a schedule, even if you don't have a scheduled interview. So that would be the benefit of doing something late is to maybe just walk around, chat with people at potential employers and maybe get an interview later in the
0: week, or maybe you just kind of get your face there
2: you know, a little bit of FaceTime with
0: them. I really like that tip because I don't think a lot of people think of that. You feel like everything has to be scheduled or predetermined. So I think that's a really neat thing that you can just, if you see someone standing there from a company you're interested in and they're not
1: doing anything, you can go up and spark a conversation. Yep. Yeah, and I know people that attend the residency showcase and then the like maybe they get invited to the PPS booth. And so that's another benefit. I, I remember I think I had people reach out to me through PPS, while I was at the meeting, whenever I was doing it, and it can be kind of last minute like that, but it's it's a good benefit. Yeah, we don't close registration technically until mid-year is over. So how does the interface work exactly? I I think you kind of hit on this a little bit, but do students or candidates need to reach out to the programs, or will they programs reach out to the candidates or vice versa? It goes
2: both ways. So there is the job board, which kind of
1: drives everything.
2: And a candidate can reach out by applying for that position and connect them with the employer. Now, the employer also has a CV database, which is why filling out that profile when you first sign in is so important. If you're in there, they can connect with you proactively. So that's really the two ways that connections are made is through the CV database and the job board. But whoever triggers it, if the other person responds, a connection is made and you can start talking through messaging. You have a calendar where you can book off your calendar um, so that people don't schedule interviews. That's one of the first things you're going to want to do when you sign up for PPS is on the calendar, block off times that you may not be available. So if you have a lunch meeting from 12 to 1 on Tuesday, you want to block that off because when an employer picks you to schedule an interview, they'll have a calendar of opportunities to schedule. And it will show them three things: when they're available, when you're available, and when that booth is available. So if you are unavailable sometime, you have to make sure you mark that on your calendar, or else they might schedule you
0: at a time that you're not available and you're busy. And that would get awkward fast. Yeah, <laughs> you don't want to reply and say the- energy <laughs> then
2: you know you, you want, to want to make sure that you're open for them. So.
0: So how should a candidate best prepare for PPS? You already gave us a really good tip earlier about the timing and scheduling buffer time and everything like that. But is there any other tips or tricks that candidates should think about when preparing?
3: Yeah, I think that's a great question. The way that I break it down for my students when we have these discussions is prior to PPS, during PPS, and then after PPS. So some things I like to go over when preparing for PPS is first that employers are going to have different goals the participation in PPS, so it's best to be prepared for all different types of interview situations. They can go from very casual with question and answers led by the candidate to a more formal or behavioral based interview questions if you're potentially interviewing for a fellowship position or a PGI2 um, residency position as well. So just as you prepare, I always recommend to practice a variety of different questions. That way you're not caught up guard when you're preparing for PPS. So prior PPS, as Brad mentioned, is just making sure that you make your availability clear when you are creating your schedule online and confirming your interview dates and times and location as well. So I I think that's a really important thing to do just to make sure that you are on their calendar as well, and having that 30 minute gap if possible. So when they're preparing for interviews, I always recommend the students research the program, institution of the company prior to PPS, and have some prepared questions for the employer. If you're meeting with residency programs, I would recommend having questions for a RPD, but as well as a current resident, because oftentimes you'll have a mixture of RPDs with their uh, current residents. Sometimes it'll just be one of the residents or it might be a preceptor, but having prepared beforehand can help ensure that you're not caught off guard. And then I recommend that you also have if you printed copies of your CV going into PPS. I remember when I participated in PPS as a pgy 1 resident, I think about half of the programs that I interviewed with during PPS requested a CV. So having those CVs on you, I I think would be an important thing to keep in mind. So for PPS, when you're there, some tips that I have is make sure you're dressing for success, but definitely have comfortable shoes. You're going to be walking a lot. So that's really important. I also would recommend keeping in mind that you're always interviewing, whether you realize it or not. So when you're checking into that PPS booth, oftentimes they'll have either one of the residents or a preceptor there who's checking in all of the candidates that they're interviewing that day. So remember, you're interviewing in that moment, even if you think that you're not. And so make sure that you're always putting your best foot forward. Other things to keep in mind is I printed off my interview schedule. That was a tip that I got from my school. And that was really helpful because depending on where you are or what your cell phone carrier is, you may not always have reception. And so that kind of took away some of that stress of trying to pull up to remember where you're supposed to be, the booth number, all of that having something to take notes on as well as having your prepared questions and then turning off your cell phone prior to entering that booth. Even when you're sitting there waiting for your interview, I would recommend staying off your your phone if possible. And then after PPS, I would just recommend um, following up with either a thank you email, thank you card or letter, and then submitting your application. Of course.
1: I was going to say that is probably the most Perfect answer for that <laughs> question that I've ever heard. Um, so I'm gonna have to I have to steal that from you in the future when people ask me about it. I like how you framed it out in the before, during, and after. Oh, yeah. Um, so that was that was great. One other thing that I would just add is considering that this meeting is in Las Vegas, a lot of people might be traveling from different time zones. So if you're blending your calendar and then PPS schedule, make sure to account for that. That's always a, I mean, that's just in general, not just a PPS thing, but in general, always be aware of time zones when you're thinking about these national events. So, Absolutely.
3: Absolutely. That's a great point that I'm going to add to my <laughs> list of tips that I cover with students um, when they're on rotation. So thank you for that.
2: I have one more to add. I know Jesse covered everything, but one from me as someone who's watched the students and candidates for years as and never been in it. Vegas is a big place, but it's also very small when our when our 20,000 people are there. Jesse Cover, you're always interviewing. That probably includes at night as well if you're on the <laughs> hotel. you know I, We understand it's Vegas, you're there with your colleagues and stuff, but you might be sitting across from someone who you had an interview with or have one the next day. So just keep that in mind when you're in Las Vegas, That the reason you're there. So.
0: Especially because you have to walk through the casino floor yes. to get back to your room. Yep. They exactly want to be the spectacle exactly. that, hey, didn't we just interview with that person at PPS today? Exactly. And they're dancing on a table. or something. Exactly. And lots of water, uh, lots of water for any convention center, especially one that's in the desert. The last question we have for you all is just where can candidates go to find more information? Everything's on the
2: website, really. That's what I'd say. If there's any information that's necessary, go to midyear.ashp.org. I won't give you the whole URL, but there's a PPS drop-down. Click on PPS candidates. If you want to reach out to us, you can email PPS at ashp.org and we can we can respond as well. Those are really the two best ways for to get in touch with us and, and find all the information.
0: And we'll put all those in the show notes below, too.
3: We also have a document that we could include in the show notes that's called navigating PPS, and it's just tips and tricks for them to keep in mind. So I can send you the link to that document as well. And it could be helpful for them. It includes a checklist that they can kind of run through while they're preparing for their interviews.
1: Excellent. We will definitely include that in our show notes. So I appreciate y'all. There's a lot of of ways it seems like they can get more information and and figure things out. So that's all the time we've got today. Is there any last minute piece of advice or things that you want to mention that we didn't discuss today?
2: I would just say PPS is such a unique opportunity. I mean, once a year, you get a chance to interview with people from all over the country without flying everywhere. If you even have a hint that you might want to do it, I would do it and at least get something out of it. You know, it's it's not that often you get a chance to do this, especially nowadays, getting face to face interaction is so rare that it means it, it can really can really change the path of your career and really, really get you the opportunity that that you're looking for. And I'll be on site. This is Brad. We'll both be on site, but I'll be at PPS or residency showcase basically the entire time. If you want to stop by, ask any questions or introduce yourself, you know, feel free.
3: I would just say that this is really their their moment to shine, and if you are prepared going into the interview, it really allows you to showcase your personality and what you're bringing to the table. I think sometimes, especially as students, we forget that in these situations, we're also doing the interviewing as well, and so don't forget to do your research and ask those questions as well, because it'll make it a little easier as you sit down after mid-year to determine who you're submitting applications to. So preparation, I think it goes hand in hand with confidence in these situations. And so I don't believe you can ever be prepared.
0: Well, Taylor and I really appreciate what y'all are doing with PPS and the showcase. You know, if it wasn't for that, we wouldn't be where we are right now. I do want to add just for my personal opinion that, you know, if you're on the fence, you're thinking about just think about the cost to interview at the number of programs you might interview at PPS by flying and traveling and going there and scheduling all that stuff versus being able to get it all in in one place. It's a, it's a really unique opportunity.
1: All right. Well, thank you all both Jesse and Brad for being on the postgraduate pharmacist today. Thanks for having us.
3: Yeah, it's been a pleasure. Thank you.
1: If you want to continue to hear up-to-date topics from us and our guests, Please like, and subscribe. You can listen to us for free on your favorite podcast app and check out our
0: show notes below to see links and highlights of the episode. And remember you can separate and stand out.